Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Happy Monday to you. We are fresh off the Bassmaster Classic Weekend and Bassmaster Kayak Series Championship Week. We've got a couple of great guests for you tonight. we got the champion and the runner-up, Eric Siddiqui, and uh, his name in the in the waiting room is Maryland guy, John Milching. Maryland Milchling. guy, yes. Yeah. Everybody like kept it. saying the Maryland guy. Is, is, is he going to hold on? But uh, yeah, we got those guys in the waiting room. We'll have them in here in a little bit after we do a little talking on what went over went down over the week down there at uh, the classic at the expo and and uh like we always do ryan you're not feeling too well how you, are you hanging in there man somebody i think somebody poisoned me out there i don't know it was probably mark or eric if i had to guess i don't know i got, got my the, batman got my batman voice on you got the omega variant so i don't know what i got man something yeah man well you were there uh tell us about the, the expo week man how that went it was uh obviously busy but it was awesome i mean it really was it it was you know such a huge crowd uh dugout had uh several tricked out uh kayaks in the hobie booth and we were kind of we were manning it and then on the opposite side we had a cigar booth and dugout just had a wall of cigar line running specials on it so we were kind of bouncing back and forth and covering both but i mean the, the interest in those those tricked out kayaks like, i i think people when they think about kayaks you know they they picture like a sun dolphin or something from walmart <laughs> like when they hear kayak fishing that's what they think is happening i i don't think the major portion of the the bass fishing community realizes that we you know we're out there with with forward-facing sonar and, and spot lock and motors like you know all the bells and whistles and you know when they see that and they kind of gain a little appreciation for all the stuff that we can do you know on on our platforms it, it was neat kind of opening people's eyes to that for sure and what was the uh the showroom price of that uh, tricked out boat that actually sold off the expo floor <laughs> it was it was like twenty one thousand some odd dollars uh retail on that yeah. special show price of 19.99 yeah or whatever, somebody walked out of there with it that's crazy yeah some some guy came up and i'm i'm pretty sure as if the story is true that he bought it for like his 11 year old son that wants to start kayak fishing so, nice. well, he so now go, that but... kid's got the baddest boat <laughs> in kayak fishing congrats sonny boy that's insane. Well, you know, we got to watch earlier in the week before the expo, these two guys go at it in the, in the actual championship. And just like the, the classic itself, it came down to just with them ounces, but for our guys, barely, you know, less than an inch, quarter inch separated. Unbelievable. It was nuts. It was, I mean, the anticipation too, like, you know, you, we didn't know it, obviously who had won at that point. And I'm, you know, talking to Siddiqui and nobody really knew who would called last, like, you know, obviously things happen when the scoreboard goes off and <laughs> everybody's being kind of tight-lipped about it so we were kind of on pins and needles there waiting waiting to see how it shook out yeah and some of the some of the crew took took eric out to celebrate it looked like so we did uh, we did the outlaw, about the outlaw kings yeah. the outlaw kings is what we call our little tribe of misfits yeah so i don't know if that's all <laughs> confidential we may ask him about that when we get him in here but it's not confidential uh, not confidential. mark mark will go live mark doesn't care he don't he doesn't matter yeah rome is burning <laughs> Yeah, that, that was cool to see. Uh, I was upset. I was at home, obviously, and I was working from home that day, so I was trying to pirate the Bass Master feed that I did last year and pi pirate it in and show it to the folks on our page, but I couldn't find it. So I was left scrambling, and I had they didn't they didn't have a feed. So I was using uh, your phone. You you went live there, Steve. 
I've pirate, I've pulled his feet in. But then shout out to Todd Patrick because he had a somehow he had a straight on stage view from somewhere in, in the arena. And uh, I found his over on Facebook while I was scrambling around and shared it. So we were able to share it. So he was further around to the right. He was like two sections over to the right of us. I think he had it on maybe the the big screen, like the, you know, they had yeah. the big TV in the middle. Basically, to get close to, I wanted to be close enough to where they could hear me yelling things yeah. uh, <laughs> as they were getting their trophies. To be straight on from the stage, we we couldn't get down in the pit this year. So you would have been like, 200 yards across the arena and, right, and right. obviously if you hear my voice right now i don't think i was equipped for that mission yeah. so well shout out to todd you saved the day todd we pulled your your video over hope you don't mind but if it's out there on facebook it's fair game we're gonna snag it so good job todd yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh one announcement that came out there at the classic let me throw this up was bos announcing the college tour Oh, yeah, and putting our boy Steve Owens uh, in charge of the college tour. Not that he yep. needed something else on his plate, but he's got it. <laughs> Steve's so, always looking for his next project. <laughs> yeah, that was cool to see. Uh, <clears throat> see how that goes and see what kind of interest the college kids can, can pull. How do you think that's going to go? I, I mean, I heard, you know, from several, especially like the Carson Newman kids, the Auburn kids, like they're, they're planning on participating in this. I think, you know, economically, I think the – the college series really has a lot more potential to take off even over its bass program. I mean, if you look at initial investment, you know, some of these college kids don't have 50 or 60 grand at their disposal to go out and, and, you know, snag a high end boat to be competitive on the, on the glitter boat side, but you know, they can afford, afford fuel and, and obviously, a, you know, pretty, pretty decent kayak to get started. So I think, I think that has a whole lot of potential to take off depending on how, the colleges themselves receive it and support it, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry I'm asking you a lot of questions, not even taking into account that you're having a hard time talking. Sorry. I don't care, man. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and if you guys are watching this, help us out, as always, and give this thing a share. Uh, we don't have a giveaway tonight, but we'll have one next week. So give a, give our stream a share here because I'm sure folks are going to know how the two two guys uh, figured this lake out in the slugfest that they, they put on over the those two days in the middle of the week last week. Uh, before we get them in here, let's – Shout out our sponsors, of course, presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Appreciate Dugout. As Ryan said, they had a huge showing at the Expo. Did some good business there. Uh, go to dugoutfishing.com. And then Revo, Revo.com, KBN25. Save you some money on some Revos. And Western Sun Vodka. You can actually order Western Sun to be delivered if you have a Drizzly, the Drizzly app near you, or you can just go to Bottle Finder on their website and find Drizzly. what you need there. So there you go. Um, all right, let's stop messing around. Let's get these guys in here and, and get the juice. Let's do it. Boom. Maryland guy posted up, lay hands up and surrender Cobra. John, how you doing, sir? Thanks for joining us. What's going on, young fella? Yeah. You figured we're this out thing here, out, buddy. We're out here. Uh, Ryan, earlier we were trading messages and John was uh, concerned he was going to have some technical difficulties trying to get on this thing, but he figured it out. I think hey, you, you got to understand I'm, I'm an old guy. So, so when I was your guys' age, we didn't even have cell phones. <laughs> John, we you're not that much these, older than me, dude. We Chill. didn't have these internets and things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You man. made it. Yeah, we had Eric in a second ago. He keeps coming in and out, so if he joins he, back he in. Said he could, yeah, he said he couldn't hear He texted me and said he couldn't hear anything. I don't know. Okay, I think he's coming back in. We'll try him again. So if Eric can't get in, you're the what new up? champion, okay, Maryland guy? Yeah. There he is. <laughs> can, you hear, can you hear us, Eric? Yeah, I hear you now. All right, good. We got Eric in here. We got John. We're... 
We're off and running. We're good to go. So welcome. Where are you at, Eric? I thought you were making it home. I talked to you earlier. I'm working there. I had to stop uh, the first skyline I could find, which was in Lexington. So I just ate, and then uh, I'm about an hour from home. I got you. I got you. What's that? What's that behind you over your shoulder? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You got a seatbelt on? (laughs) He he had that thing like a keychain dragging it around. (laughs) And Todd Patrick is the official trophy bearer. He was carrying it for, for the better right. part of two days. <laughs> yeah, and, and Eric, I don't know if you could hear us before we brought you in here, but we were giving a shout-out to Todd because uh, he carried the torch with the good video feed, and we were able to snatch it off his Facebook page and put it on ours. So appreciate yeah, Todd, cool. man. Yeah, he did, he, did yeah, he came uh, all the way from Cincinnati to watch me. He asked uh, where I was fishing to. He sent a drone out and watched me. He saw me catch the uh, we did the podcast last week and you know that we made our picks or whatever and he's like you messed up Siddiqui's gonna win and I was like being a smart ass and I was like ah I was like I don't know if anybody's gonna give me spots on this one ha 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 and then I'm looking at the leaderboard and Siddiqui cracked him like first thing like right off the bat and I was like did Todd know something that I'd like did he have some premonition was this a dream and then day two you know obviously he had some ground to make up and Todd is like he calls he's like i'm in the parking lot man i'm watching he just called he just caught one and i was like what do you mean and he's like i'm flying the drone over him right now and i was like you are in the parking lot of his boat ramp watching him catch me he's like yep he just called i think he did it i think he did it (laughs) so excited and then you know of course that makes me excited and nobody knows nobody knew if maryland guy called he wouldn't say anything at all he was tight-lipped to everybody uh it was hilarious way to bring it down to the wire boys yeah, made for a fun way, and nobody knew. I mean, you know, as much as people like to think they know stuff and trade backdoor DMs everywhere, nobody knew. So, um, how did it end up for you, Maryland guy? Did you did you know that Sadiki called? Did you have a feeling that he called? I mean, where where were you at going into this? So, since I really don't know him, you know, you you know his name, so you know he can catch, right? Yep. I'm sitting down there, and I'm really by myself, and I said, you know. I know he's going to catch him. I know he's getting close. I'm not looking at the leaderboard, you know, so really all I could do was crawl. And I had this one 15 inch fish I couldn't get rid of. And I really, really wanted to get rid of him, but I could. So when I got back to the house and, you know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, if he catches one good one, just one more, I'm done. <laughs> so, but you know what though? I gotta say, we sure did put on a good show. Oh, uh, you put on a great show. I mean, all the way up until the last second, even when they said a quarter inch, a quarter inch which way? Like yeah. I knew, you know, I knew he called, but what if you called and caught a half inch, you know, bigger fish? Like there's still that didn't solve any anything until they turned that leaderboard on. It, it was wild. Uh, Eric, how did you? How, when did you get down there, and how did you find that the area that you kind of stumbled upon right off the bat? Yeah, I got there uh, Saturday morning. Um, actually, Friday night, I slept at a pilot, of course. And uh, <laughs> then Saturday, we weren't allowed to start fishing um, Russell until Sunday. So Saturday, I decided to go uh, out on the water on Hartwell. And, like, I hadn't been on the water since the TOC. So I wanted to test my gear out and see if everything was working and all that stuff. <clears throat> so uh, did that. And then I went out uh, Sunday. And really, the only guy who launched from my ramp was Iconelli. And um, I never saw him on the water, but, you know, I picked a, picked an area that looked different. You know, a lot of 
it didn't, nothing on the lake looked looked like it. It kind of stood out to me. So um, <clears throat> I went over there. There was a lot of riprap, and there were some ponds cut off back there. I thought there might be, um, you know, some underwater culverts or something like that. So I went looking, and I and I found a lot of smaller fish, and kept working my way back, and and I got in the back, and I started marking these huge marks, and I'm like. From what I know about this lake, there's no way these are bass. They're set up like bass, but there's no way they're bass. And I made a cast and caught a 22 and a half on the first cast. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew they were bass then and uh, made another cast out there. Caught one just under 21. And then uh, uh, Todd was actually on the phone when I found him. He's like, stop catching them. Stop catching them. I'm like, I haven't fished in four months. I'm catching these fish. He's like, please don't. <laughs> like, so so, so this was Sunday. So Todd knew that you were on him then before he started yeah, yeah. talking trash. That yeah, makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so um, then I uh, made another cast and one ate it, and I just let him swim with it. He drops it. I try to reel it in. Another one eats it, and I was like, "Geez, what did I just find over here?" <clears throat> and uh, I went and checked on him every day and just sat on him, and they were there every day. They had a bunch of bait pushed back there and. I felt like the wind was going to blow right and was going to keep that bait in there and, and the fish should stay. And they did for once the weather held up for a couple of days, which never really happens, but, um, yeah, so it all worked out pretty good. And what were you catching them on? I mean, what, what, what were your go-tos through the, through the tournament? Um, well, in practice, I was throwing, um, you know, shaky head and Carolina rig and I couldn't get them to eat it during the tournament. I ended up having to pick up a couple of swim baits. I was going back and forth between a, uh, Kytec and a diesel minnow. Um, the yeah, so I was working out a little ball head jig, quarter ounce. And just Eric, I've heard you say before you you throw a Carolina rig. You, you always have that in the lineup, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that. I love yeah. I love the ball and chain, and no, a lot of people don't. So I appreciate that about you, man. Yeah. Love the Carolina. Uh, I like this fishing slow. Don't yeah. bother me. Only thing I do fast is drive fast. <laughs> I got to make up for my <laughs> my slowness in some way. Johnny, when did you get in town and and tell us kind of what you found? Like, you know, we've heard a couple interviews and specifics on what Eric did and what he got on. Tell us about your bite. So the first, well, the first day of practice, we all know it rained and it was cold. So we decided as a house to go to the Waffle House. <laughs> yes. Good plan. So, yeah, it wasn't there I mean, we, we had all went down to Texas. And y'all, if you know anything, you know how it was down in Texas. It was cold and it was miserable. Yeah. So the first day, you know, we went to breakfast and, you know, we drove around, looked at some of the uh, boat ramps. And the second day, we decided to go up north and I really didn't find anything up north that I liked. So I said, well, you know, we got this half a day. So I drove at... We drove around. When we drove around, I saw this restaurant that had a boat ramp. I want to say it was Clifford's, but the boat ramp was closed. It was on the south end of the lake by the dam. So we couldn't use the boat ramp. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go up and use the boat ramp up at Pearl Mill. And it was like maybe a half an hour, 45-minute ride in the kayak. So I go down there and checked out the, the actual docks and stuff and i go back in this one little cove and i found the same thing that eric found there was a i guess like a freshwater pond all the way in the back that was blocked up by a beaver dam 
and it was just letting you know fresh water in back there. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, then I said, I got this jerk bait tied on. Let me throw it out there. Oh, let's, let's throw that up. Let's see that again. Throw that up there again. The juice. Is that just a Vision 110? What is that? Yeah, that's an Edo Vision 110. Okay, okay, okay. And first cast, twitch, twitch. Mm. I didn't measure the fish. You know, I didn't take a picture of them. I took the hooks out of them, put them back in the water, and left. <laughs> Smart. And, and it's really the only thing that I had, the only the only really fish that I, that I got on. So I left out, and I, I sat in the house that night, and I told myself, I said, well, you know, I'm going back down there the next morning. I hope, hopefully they live down there. You know, and I went down there the first morning, and I think it even shows on Tourney X. I caught all those fish before 930. I caught the 97 and a half the first day before 930. That's insane. Did you think there was 97 inches there? I mean, in like, did you have any idea what you just stumbled on? No, I had no idea. <laughs> no. But when I got down there, they, they had all the bait fish, bait fish pushed all the way to the back. And, I mean, they were actively feeding. Which I think is kind of similar to what you found, right, Eric? They 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 just had all the bait just pushed pushed back up in one little area there. That's exactly right. It was um you know, about six foot against the bank back there, and, and there was a little ten foot hole right there where there were always fish sitting in it. And um, there's a brush pile. There's a road bed that runs alongside that uh, goes on almost all the way straight to the back of it. So I figured. Even if they did pull off of that, they would probably move over to that roadbed and use use it, you know, for some cover or something. Um, so I was able to catch actually the first day. Once the sun got up, they kind of pulled off of that uh, shallower stuff and kind of um, chase chase bait a little deep in the deeper area, or like right off the roadbed. I marked the school and I caught a 19-inch largemouth off it. Um, this crappie boat saw me do it and they're like, "Oh man, that's awesome! Do it again!" Um, like they just pulled right in front of me where I just caught that one. So I was like, all right. So I made a cast right at their boat and uh, hooked into a 19 and a quarter inch uh, large mouth right in front of them. And they saw me celebrate that one. I was like, yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I guess this is an important tournament. So they turned around and left after that. It's kind of them. Yeah. Man. You know, I noticed something, Ryan, looking at the leaderboard. Every time we interview people from these two-day tournaments the people that win usually a lot of times they're not first either day at all they'll be like third one day and fourth the next and if you look at day one john was first eric was second day two eric first john second i mean the top two guys did not wait they ran away with it they ran away with it but we talked you know in these big tournaments we've talked about it time and time again going wire to wire in these that's aj's favorite favorite (laughs) catchphrase there it's so hard to do that two days in a row because usually you know some of it especially if you just have one spot it's tough to manage those fish and like you want to put up a a buffer on day one you know so hopefully you have a little bit of cushion going into day two but if you go too hard then then you run out of fish on day two like that these multi-day tournaments are are very tricky as far as fish management goes and this this tells you exactly why yeah so let's let's go through each of your days we kind of touched on them a little bit but but eric you know you, you said you sat on those fish for a day, few days you showed up day one uh take us through your day one uh day one i uh i got out there and i had about five minutes before the first crappie fisherman showed up 
and they uh, <laughs> sat down on the bank, and he was the loudest crappie fisherman I've ever met. He's like, so you catching them? Doing any good? Or? I'm like, just, I, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, like, just keep it down. Like, it's like, what? I can't hear you. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I actually went over to him and I'm like, hey, I'm in a big tournament right now. Like, if you wouldn't mind, you know, maybe you got another spot you could go crappie fish. I'd appreciate it. And he goes, I'm fishing here. He's like, you can fish here too, but I'll be fishing there. I'm like, all right, thanks. Appreciate that. Can you be quiet? Then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I didn't uh, have a bite for a while. I uh, My first fish in the morning came on, um, uh, so, you know, I was throwing the shaky head, chicken rig, Carolina rig, couldn't get him to eat anything. And uh, I had a swim bait tied on. I turned around, I had a, um, a fish bust, and I turned around and threw the swim bait at it and caught it. It was, uh, I think, 17 and a half inch spot or something like that. that was my first fish. And uh, that's what keyed me into the swim bait. And I started throwing that. Um, and all my fish came on it. Uh, after I got my five the first day, um, I decided to kind of leave them alone in my best area there. And I moved over to the roadbed and decided to just throw a biffle bug and just, uh, you know, grind that thing down the roadbed. And uh, I caught my biggest fish on day one on it. It was a 19 and a half inch uh, largemouth. It was a pretty big call for me. I think I called a 17 or something. I can't remember. There she is. So, what goes into that decision? Because these two-day tournaments, Ryan talked about a little bit ago about managing your fish, you know, and I don't know if you checked the leaderboard and saw what John was doing or anything, but in your mind, just from fishing a lot of tournaments, did you know, hey, it's time to, to throttle back a little bit and lay off these yeah. these fish? Yeah, I didn't want to hammer them too hard and show up the next day and find out they decided it was too much pressure there and disappeared. I've seen that happen before, so... That's why I decided just to, uh, you know, and, I, and I've, I know how, how good road beds can be. I love fishing them, um, and there's usually big fish hanging around, so I thought that would probably be a good good opportunity to go. Since there was one right there, why not go just grind that thing for a while, see if I get one of those big ones to bite. So, yeah, and turned out to be a good decision. Yeah, good stuff. And, and then, John, you had the opposite deal, man. Day one for you, you already kind of talked about it, but it was hot and heavy right from the jump on day one for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I lost a little bit of time in the morning because I had to do all that traveling, you know. But when I got down there, I mean, it, it probably didn't take me a half an hour to catch my first one. And they, they pretty much came in the first couple of hours, you know. I called a client, and, and you see, I, I caught seven fish, and that's all I took out of there. And they were all on that – in fact, all of my fish came on that jerkbait right there. I never picked up another rod. Did you lose any fish on that jerk bait? Is what I want to know. What? <laughs> because I I usually do lose a losing fish on the jerk bait. I've had them straighten the hooks. I've had them throw the thing back at me. I I just I do not have a trusting relationship with treble hooks, unfortunately. So I don't know if you can see this. Here, on. I'll put you on the one up and see if we can show. On the second day. I broke yep. the two front treble hooks. Yep. So oh, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So I've and had that happen quite a bit on the factory hooks is why I asked that question specifically. Right. <laughs> and man, this, this, I mean, these gummy hooks, I, I, I was still catching them. Yeah. And I never, I never changed them. Even on, on day one that happened or day two? Day one. 
And you didn't change and them out? you just kept on rolling. You said, I oh, man, looks to catch these fish. They're just going to keep it tight-lipped and around they, the hard I mean, bait coming no, in. They were eating it good. In fact, the 23, <laughs> the 23 that, I, that I caught, he ate it and was running to me. And I didn't realize that, that he was coming to me. I was twitching, and I'm like, all right, you know, I don't feel anything. So I tried to reel up some of the slack, and I'm like, and the slack still, you know, I still got slack in the line. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I want to know mentally when you see Casey Reed throw up a 25 inch fish, roughly, <laughs> do, were either of you two like, oh, shit, I'm not on a big enough bag to hang with 25s? Like, did that affect, did either of you see that? Number one, were you checking the leaderboard? But number two, were you like, uh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I got the juice for that. Cause I saw it come up and I was like, if he is on anywhere, a school, you know, if there's 25s in a school and he just puts up a limit of 18s after that, that's such a solid, you know, five inch gap between a, a healthy, good fish and, and that monster. How did that factor I, in at all? I didn't really look at the leaderboard. I never saw the fish till after the day was over. So, but yeah, that thing was a slob. I was like, oh man that's uh that could be trouble and uh you know he he had a uh, the 23 which had me worried too i, I know that's I, I, I was kind of upset because i figured that i had big bass of the day <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't count casey reed I, I really thought i mean especially seeing that one i was like yeah he's gonna he'll call again you know obviously he's in a big fish area i i thought i thought he would be up in there after drew gregory threw up the limit that he did you know drew's very consistent very consistent day to day i thought he would be on stage too Those, that that surprised me that that you know either of those two weren't up there what changed on day two do you guys think that allowed that to happen um supposedly they didn't generate um of course drew was I mean, the camera boat asked me the first day, you, you know where Drew is? I said, up a creek or a river somewhere. I can promise that. I Guaranteed. <laughs> I don't know other than that. But, uh, yeah, so I guess they didn't generate the second day. I kind of ruined his bite, you know. But, uh, yeah, I was worried about him. When I saw him an inch and a half behind me at the end of the day, I was I was pretty worried because I've, I've duked it out with him before. We actually tied on Dardanelle, and he beat me with big bass. So uh, I was like, here, here we go again. Gonna happen again. <laughs> If y'all saw uh, Drew's Facebook post about it, but he had some drone shots somehow of his second day, and it looked like he was in Key West. It was like stone cold clear water and no current, and he was way up a river, and they weren't generating. So I think kinda... he had Brooks Beatty with him filming, okay. if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure he had. Oh, Drew would just bring his own camera crew. You never, you never know what he's going to do. <laughs> he's he's got a, a following, the flotilla out there with him. D D Drew brings his own crew, and then Eric has Todd in the trees with a drone. That's true. That's true. Eric brought his own, his own, you know, trophy guy and cameraman all in one. Yeah. And wait, isn't Todd the owner of the KFL team you're on? Yeah, yes. He he's freaking Jerry Jones. Dude, he's doing it all. He's doing it all. These two guys roasted me until probably what three thirty in the morning, four in the morning. Eric in the middle of the street harping on me about fishing on Todd's yeah, KFL yeah. team because uh, like two or three of the lakes are on the Tennessee river. And the right. best way to get me to do something is like, call me names and tell me that I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was almost, I'm glad we got out of that situation. Yeah. I was almost to the point. Like I'm about to show you, you keep, keep on talking trash. I'm about to show you. Now Ryan, so, let's ask Eric here because I told Eric this in our chat about this show tonight. 
If, even if committed while drunk, it's still a commitment. So if you commit it to the team. A, and I, I did not commit. I got out of the right. situation. We ran away quickly. Right. I don't think I would have necessarily remembered if you did. Exactly, because okay. he told me he was coming on this show two nights in a row and <laughs> <laughs> told you he didn't remember. <laughs> I didn't, we weren't kind to our livers that night. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We're celebrating, Eric. We're celebrating. Right. That's what we're doing. I know. I saw Christy celebrating pretty hard last night. It even yeah. the pro it's the pro move. It's the pro yeah. move. It's what you're supposed to do. do. Johnny, where are you from and what club do you fish with? I already know the answer to this because I had Josh Evans blowing up my DMs watching you fish. He was hyping you up to no end. So tell us where you're from, a little bit of history on you. Well, let's go to uh the name I typed in here on the computer. <laughs> because for for two days, who's that guy from Maryland? That's yeah. You know, that's what I heard. So I had to run with. That's it. a fact. <laughs> um, it's better than it's better than Florida, man. That's for sure. So Maryland guy. No, or I, cornbread. I, we could have called I, you cornbread. I'm fishing at MAKBF, and um, I'll be honest with you. You know, I was just like thrilled to death to be in the top ten after the first day. Mm-hmm. You know. And Aaron, that's Aaron White and Josh. Like that's. That's their, and you know, we're familiar with those guys from from you know hanging out and on the on the national trails and stuff. But did, how did you qualify? Did you qualify on the Chesapeake for this one? No, actually, because you know I'm an old. See, some of you younger guys, all of my kids are grown and gone. Amen. So I, I have a, a little bit of extra time to to fish. So I actually fish for the Bass Opens. Oh, okay. Wow. Because oh, I, so that's that's where you spent your time this year. I got you. Right. Right. So, you know, going down there, you know, was kind of was a little extra added bonus, you know, being able to go to the classic, you know, and, and meet everybody. And, you know, so I said, well, you know, I'm going to take advantage of this. And I didn't expect to uh, be sitting at the top of the leaderboard after the first day. Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, what's your best finish in a national tournament thus far? Never been to one. That's what I was thinking, but I didn't want to say it out loud. Uh, but <laughs> so you so never been I had to one. people messaging me on, that were looking on. through like I've, I've never been in the top ten of anything. <laughs> so this guy messaged me and he's like, "Hey, I'm searching for this dude." He's like, "I don't even see like a top ten on his tourney X or nothing." And I was like, "It don't matter. He don't it, the fish don't know if you got a top ten or not because you're out there waxing ass today. Like, it don't matter what you've done your whole life. Your today is your day, and you you did it on day one for sure. It's the secret sauce, man. You don't need national uh, experience, and you need to take like four or five months off, like Eric. Then you come back and just." that was that was the craziest part of this story as as i'm watching it you know watching it unfold and you know people are talking about who's leading and then he's like i don't even see a top 10 on his list i was like it doesn't it doesn't matter like it (laughs) it doesn't matter if you got a top 10 on your list today is that day and you i mean you showed out on day one and i mean day two like i said I think everybody was kind of, you know, question marks in the air on that one. A lot of us know Eric, you know, he's been fishing the national stuff for the last, what, five or six years now. And, you know, waiting on that one big, big win. And, uh, I mean, this, you know, what better time to do it than on that stage? It was crazy. Yeah, I think I've been bass fishing for about four years, three and a half. (laughs) It's a pretty good run. (laughs) Yeah, man. well, let, let's go through your day twos because obviously, John, you had the lead going into day two. Eric had a little ground to make up, and you guys let's, still had a bunch. Let's not talk about day two. Hey, hey, now, <laughs> but uh, 
like like we said earlier, you had Drew Gregory, you know, lurking there behind you, Eric and John. But Casey had that big one on day one and had a good limit. There were about, I'd say there was nine, ten guys that had a legit shot of putting up a big limit day two and catching either one of you probably. So y'all had, uh, you know, some folks with you in the crosshairs. But uh, going into day two, were you 100% confident, both of you, that your spots were going to hold up again because you had laid off those fish? I was pretty confident that they were going to Eric was. I was happy right. to see him. <laughs> <laughs> when I got there, but I was pretty sure they were going to be there. Honestly, I thought if the crappie fishermen didn't show up and, for, and I had an hour to myself in the morning, I was going to wreck them quick, and that's not what happened. They would not eat anything that morning. I, I could not get them to bite. I just kept – I just like, I just have to keep chucking this. I know eventually I'm going to get one to eat. Todd told me Eric was going to hang up 100 inches on day two. And I'm like sitting there updating the leaderboard, and I'm like, either Eric is sandbagging or we're not going to hit 100 inches today. <laughs> it wasn't that easy, but it never is, especially on tournament day. No, uh, no. I just knew, like, the whole way out there, heading to the spot, I just said, fish clean, fish clean, fish clean, because I knew I couldn't make any mistakes. Those spots are mean, man. You you have to be on it. You One little lapse, and they're gone. Um, you better have your drag set right and everything. Otherwise, you know, they're going to embarrass you. <laughs> they don't mess around. So, How did your day two go, Johnny? Did it start off hot and heavy like day one did, or was it a little more of a grind to get them, get them going? It was, a, it, it was a, I think, a little bit more of a grind. I, You know, I don't think that <clears throat> the fish were living there. I think the fish were passing through. You know, pull up, I, pull up every now and then to feed where that fresh water was coming in. I could because I didn't definitely find the same fish that was there, you know, the day before. Yeah. You know, in fact, my biggest fish I, I caught, I don't know, maybe about one o'clock or so in another cove because I actually. Oh, left. so you moved out. You pulled off the spot. Yeah, and started because bouncing I, around. I needed a, I needed a fifth fish. Yeah. Gotcha. You know. And you put up that fifth fish not too long before the leaderboard shut off. So you you were the last name that we saw on top, like for you know, all intensive purposes and in a lot of people's minds you you had it. Yeah, I, I you know, I I knew earlier that afternoon that that place was done for me. Where, you know, I had caught the fish the first day and the morning of the second day, I knew it was pretty much done. And looking at y'all's limits from day two, I mean, you kind of went tip for tat there, you know, 20s, 19s, 19 and 18 and a half. That 15, that, that 115 was the, was the deal. And you say you only caught five, so you had five fish, no culls that day, right? None. Just couldn't call that 15. Unbelievable. Made it. And I, I mean, if you, if you look through the totals, Jeff, on the, on the top 10 there, my boy Chris Walters, he, he, in, he finished third. Uh, right behind these gentlemen, he's a local TVKA guy. He was consi very consistent across the two days, you know, holding holding up his limit. And Francis Tran as well, who I wanted to actually hang out with. I hate that I didn't didn't see Francis other than on the stage. But those guys were pretty consistent on their limits. Russ made a move to slide up in there into fifth. And I'll tell you, in 10th place, which everybody voted for, <laughs> was Greg Blanchard. And I don't know how people just assumed that, you know, Greg was going to catch him out here, but he sure did. And I went up and congratulated him at the show. I was like, man, that's a heck of a comeback. And he's like, 
Oh, he's like, I didn't even fish that great. He's like, everybody in front of me just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I started cracking up, and he's like, yeah, he's like, it's not like I did anything magic. Everybody else just kind of fell off. But uh, I tell you, it was cool seeing our, our local Tennessee guys, you know, Chris, Russ, and Joby Berry. He's he's a young guy that fishes up around the Watts Bar area quite a bit. I liked I liked watching that, seeing those guys up there too. Yeah, and, and some some quote names that you normally see near the top of the leaderboard really struggled either day one or day two or both. Uh, you, you, they didn't, really didn't see him up there where you thought you might. Well, I talked to Eric Thomason about you know his experience that he went out there and fished, and Eric is is you know generally pretty consistent across the country. And he's like, man, I just couldn't figure it out. He's like, that the fish they, they weren't they weren't shallow. He's like, that river didn't really fish that great for me. He's like, I just couldn't find anything that you know made me confident. You know, a good bet. I don't know if it was a little too early. Were any of the fish y'all caught spawned out, or do y'all think they were they were about a week week and a half off from moving in to bed? Yeah, it looked like they're about a week or two off. <clears throat> the water temp and everything, the way they were. I, I mean, I saw a few get up shallow and look like they were thinking about doing something, but I, I, don't, I don't think they're quite there yet. It had been warm all week, right, leading up to that. I mean, the water, it, the water, the air temp at least, was fairly yeah, it was, warm, whether it brought that water temp up or not. It was cold that Sunday. It was it was getting pretty cold at night, but it was warming up pretty good during the day. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you think Santi's going to do? That's the real question as we talk about being – a couple weeks be, out from some magic happening. What do you think is going to happen down on Santee? That's gonna be, that should be a fun tournament. There should be some big bags got in that one. After yeah. cashing your, your big check on the national stage, Johnny, are you uh, you going to jump in some more of these big events? Are you going to look at what else you can get on the schedule this year? Uh, you going to lean in for that one. I know. That's got him excited now. Well, see, I mean – the, 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 the way that Bass set the schedule up this year <clears throat> kind of really doesn't work. It's a, it's a lot of driving for a guy from Merrill. Right. right? You know, Texas and then, Flo well, the, the, the championship and then Florida and Oklahoma. And I'm really not into, you know, two-day drives each way. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm going to skip Oklahoma and Florida and I'll go do – Alabama and uh what's at the end of the year Pickwick Pickwick man yeah. that's a good one me and Siddiqui both really enjoy Pickwick quite well that's a good lake <laughs> smallmouth and largemouth that's a uh -huh. that is a, a hammer factory down there for sure is bass the only uh tournament series that is on your radar there's a place called the that's Susquehanna is why I asked that draws some Maryland guys up to hang out do I now Susquehanna, I think they call it. It's a little right, smallmouth creek up there. Yeah, you ever thought about fishing that? <laughs> you can ride up with you can ride up with Josh Evans. You can come on up. No, I ain't doing all that pedaling, man. I'm 53. It's a river. You ain't gonna have to pedal anything. You float down it. <laughs> I'll drop you off and pick you up personally. I'll bring you some cracker. What do you? What do old people like? Jeff porridge. What should I bring? I'll bring <laughs> snacks. Pudding. <laughs> Pudding. I'll bring some pudding pops. Snack packs. Snack packs. <laughs> help me help you, Johnny. Come on. Here's your chance. Let's run with it. Man. I, I'm going to do that KBF on the Potomac, though. Bless you. The Potomac? What, yes, what's yeah. the timing on that one? Because I know, I know that is one of the things that affected numbers on the Potomac for the bass last year. 
Josh and Aaron both were like, dude, this is not, this is not the move fishing, fishing up here. Then what's the timing of the KBF tournament? Is it better uh, as far as the bite goes? It should be. Okay. You know, I'm not a big Potomac guy. You know, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather, you know, I know you guys might not know too much about this place, but uh, I'm gunpowder river, you know, I don't even like the Susquehanna that much, but. And Potomac's title too for for uh, us Southern boys that don't know what a title title right, right. <laughs> river is that changes throughout the day uh, twice roughly. But <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me go back give, to these. Sorry, John, go ahead. It, sir. it will give guys you know the fish title a little edge. You know. So I, I want to get back to some of these questions for you guys uh, before I let them get too far down the the scroll and I can't find them. Uh, so Todd, he, he this isn't really a question, but he said leaderboard went down. John had a two and a half inch lead, and that's accurate. We knew that, but we didn't know what Eric had done. Uh, so was what Eric? Was there any late day heroics? Obviously, you had to call some. Was there any last minute stuff happening, or did you have your your bag way before the yeah. time went out? I um, yeah, it wasn't a last minute thing. I caught, I think it was about an hour to go, maybe. I uh, I got got the fish fired up. Uh, cold to 15 with a 16 and a half and then uh, my next fish was at 17 three quarter and I knew that was a big upgrade I didn't know how big how big it was gonna be but um, that's the one that ended up doing it uh, after that I, my small was a 17 and a quarter and I couldn't call it for anything and I I caught 10 over 15 in the last hour so I was sure that you know he he had called that 15 out because my fish were biting pretty good I just couldn't call my 17 and a quarter yeah and, and John, did you have any uh, anything go wrong? Did you hook up and and uh, lose, miss any, or anything like that I, in the last little bit? I actually lost to the end of the well, cl getting close to the end of the day, the second day. But I don't believe that they would have helped. You know, they were on the smaller side, maybe about fourteen inches. Fair I enough. just couldn't find anything bigger than fifteen. How did it feel? And two-part question how did it feel and how do you think it affected people's view of kayak anglers to stomp mike iconelli like that <laughs> anybody can I take swear, that one first but i want both of you to answer it <laughs> everybody i met pretty much said you know the entire time said that their only goal was to beat ike so he he definitely had a target on his back and those people were pretty happy that uh you know and he should. That's an accomplishment yeah. when these pros fish these tournaments. You know, I mean, that's that's what I think. I feel like that's what we're all looking to do is measure up. You know, <clears throat> see where it's at. Right. Fishing wise, not height wise. I no, 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 no. Most yeah. most everybody has that one won. Yeah, uh, and I thought it was cool that I gave some love to uh, kayak, the kayak guys when he was interviewing with Zona during the actual classic uh, over the weekend. So that was cool to, to put my yep. eyes on it for sure. Uh, Johnny, how how does it feel? You know not only getting on you know arguably the biggest the biggest stage in kayak bass fishing but to to do it in front of one of the most accomplished pros that that exists on earth right now oh uh, yeah you know i feel blessed you know i i know that that there's probably a a, a lot of guys out there that hands down probably fish better than me i just lucked up and found them you know, there's just one. He, it's Eric Siddiqui. That's it. 
That's <laughs> only. <laughs> that's it, buddy. You just showed everybody that. This week it's just one. That's right. Yep. We uh, live in the now, pal. <laughs> Eric faded to black. What happened there, Ryan? He did, man. Eric yeah. caught a fade out there, there in the pilot he, parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> lot lizard got him i don't know Maybe he'll come oh back no <laughs> oh no there yeah. would not be a less likely fade than that <laughs> well let's ask while we're waiting on Eric to get back in john what about this uh what did you learn from this event you said you hadn't been in a lot of national events or done much of that uh what did you learn as a, as a competitive angler from this i learned that i could fish with eric there you go. Okay. You know, it, and I was actually, I was watching a, a interview. I want to believe it was with Davey Height, maybe a month ago, two months ago. And they were talking about when you knew that you could fish with the best guys out there. Was there a tournament? Was there a time? And I guess, you know, for all you guys, there was a tournament or a time where you realized, you know, hey, man, I can actually really do this. You know, so I think maybe uh, last week I, I might have actually realized that, hey, maybe I can do this. Anybody can do it. Like, that's the thing. Like, the the fish don't know who – they don't know who you are. They don't know what kind of graph you're running or <laughs> who your sponsors are or what stickers you got on your truck. Anybody can do it. I think, for me, it was a put-in-the-time thing, you know. Like, it, it took about – I'd say four years before I had the confidence in myself to think that I could be competitive. And, and still there are some bodies of water and some for me, weather systems that I still cannot figure out. Like, I don't know what I feel just, you know, completely blind, but that, that confidence and that momentum part is real. You know, what you just did last week, that's, that's a big momentum swing, you know, for you, you're going to fish a lot more confident, whether you realize it or not, enter as many tournaments as you can <laughs> in the next three to yeah. six months. Momentum Rise is a wave. real thing. It's Rise a very wave. real thing. Yeah, man. Uh, Eric's back. Can you hear us okay, Eric? Yep. yep. I right, don't know man. why it keeps happening. That's all right, man. We, we got you. <laughs> um, so we had this question earlier. It's the obvious one is what are you going to do with your winnings? But to follow that up, after, after you answer that real quick, what does this win mean to you? I mean, to hold that big trophy up there, and what, is this, what do you think this is going to do for you moving forward well i'll say it's been a little easier to to get sponsors since this has happened um they're kind of coming to me now which is nice and uh a lot of the sponsors i've been with for a long time are uh stepping up and doing doing some things so it's been been pretty nice <clears throat> So elaborate on that a little more as far as what was your experience like at the Classic Expo after accomplishing something like this? Like what was it like, you know, walking around people, you know, recognizing you for doing this and and wanting to talk, you know, future opportunities from it? Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty incredible. I honestly, you know, I had Todd following me around with my trophy. He's like, man, did you hear how many people are like, that's the kayak champion. Everybody everybody knows. He's like, I can't believe you didn't talk to anyone. I was like, they didn't say it next to me. They said it next to you. I never I never heard any of them say that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's like uh, the confidence I have on the water. Uh, it definitely uh, gave me some more confidence to go. It's, when you walk up with that blue trophy, it's kind of makes things go a little smoother when you're talking to, to sponsors and trying to, you know, find out what you could uh, – 
talk them into doing for you. Yeah, and it's uh, crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, man, because this bass, this this emblem. Uh, Ryan and I have been outspoken and, and tried to help, even help John with some of the the shortcomings of their series so far, trying to make it better. You know, we can't argue with you know the, the their championship, but uh, regardless of any of that, just the clout that the Blue Trophy brings and winning a bass event. It's it's there. I mean, that's real. When people see, you know, Eric, you know, won that championship trophy, that's a big deal. Same thing for Mark last year. Yeah. Uh, that clout is there. So I hope Bass kind of understands that and really runs with it and tries to to improve their product overall too. Yeah, it's it's a huge. It could. I mean, obviously, the resources that they have, it it could easily, very easily, be the the biggest and best platform in kayak fishing if if they decide they want it to be that you know i mean i think i think part of it will be growth obviously numbers wise but also investment back on the sponsor dollars and eric i know we talked you know before <laughs> before this like the difference between first at twenty thousand and and second at 2600 i would like to see that gap closed a little bit you know like you know no no offense but take home eight or 10 grand off that. I'm sure, I'm sure Maryland guy would agree on that. Like, you know, you, you were a quarter inch away from, from 20 grand. Like it, you know, I, I'd like to see that kind of smoothed out maybe with some sponsor backing or holdbacks throughout the year or whatever it takes to, to even that out a little bit, I think would, would really bode well for the championship part of it. Let me ask you all this. Any, any of the three of you, do you think the championship being midweek affects attendance? Because I was shocked. It was, a, it was a solid field. I mean, stacked with names that we're all familiar with as far as talent. But the numbers for the field weren't quite as high as I might think. Is it because of the midweek, or was it just because it was way out on the East Coast? Or why do you think that was? I love the midweek. Yeah. You don't have to worry about as many uh, pleasure boaters and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so, I mean, there's that. Yeah, yeah. What was it last year? Like 160 or something? It was it was a lot last year. It was a lot of people last year. Maybe, you know, Texas more central. I don't know. I was kind of shocked to see it. Like I said, your usual suspects were on the list. So there was no lack of talent in this field. But uh, seeing the numbers, which I'm sure affected the overall purse, you know, we need those numbers to pump up so we can pump up that purse a little bit. I know sure, they did sure. um, make it a little harder to qualify, um, doing well in the uh, – classic last year didn't qualify you to fish the next one right. uh, outside of maybe pentagraph so uh, i think it was top 10 percent and um, they took in their five tournaments i guess they did and, yeah uh, there was maybe, and i'll go ahead qualified. and tell you we're going to run long on this episode because there's still like five or six things that, that we need to talk about so if anybody has anybody waiting on a parking spot or anything sadiki i don't want to right right you sound you sound you sound better the longer we're going here i think we're talking that's because I'm, I'm keeping my vocal cords wet all right all right you're doing good Doing good. Uh, any more questions, please throw them in the chat, and I'll try to throw them on the screen. Uh, Russell Johnson's talking about an episode or an incident where Ike fell in the water. Anybody Apparently, I got that? wet on day two, from what I hear, uh, and was not pleased at all with that experience. <laughs> how does he fall I, out? I don't know how it happened. I, I, I didn't. I hadn't witnessed it myself. I haven't seen any any footage of it. I just know that he did indeed get wet. But he's so um, small and light, it would be almost impossible to make the boat tip. So he must have tripped and fell out or something. I would think I could just like float on top of the water, to be yeah, honest yeah. with you. I wouldn't even think he would sink. Yeah, he's he's the size of the dudes that do all the funny handstands and look at how stable this boat is because they don't the boat doesn't even know they're in it. So it's amazing that he fell out. But anyway, maybe there's some footage <laughs> somewhere 
somehow. So back, I, I want to touch on the the convention itself. You know, some of the the meetings and conversations and and people that that we got to meet and whatnot. The buzz and the excitement around kayak fishing from I'm talking about some of the oldest and top con like you know companies in this industry. It's huge. Everyone is paying attention. Honestly, they know what's going on, and it surprised me talking to some of these reps and marketing directors that have been in these positions for 20, 25 years. They know the history of kayak fishing. They've watched the evolution, and they see how we took something that you know that was you know eight years ago that was a slower growth and now it's on these huge stages it's on it's on the tournaments are on tv like you know things have really kind of especially in the last few years really outran themselves now i'm telling you now is the time like we we're about to see i'm not saying the growth that we've seen thus far isn't great what what's about to happen is huge like we're 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 where we need to be i mean i think we talk about it all the time you're about to see the next big leap as far as investment and technology, I'd say within the next year, year and a half, for sure. You think that brings new organizations into the fold or just these sponsors throwing their money behind existing ones? I think, I, I mean, that I think that is a largely up to existing organizations. You know, can you get the infrastructure in place to support that? Diplomatic answer. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What do y'all think about that, Eric? Did you feel that as you walked around there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, since the, the first Bassmaster I went to when I first started fishing, um, <clears throat> I think we're down on Wheeler. And uh, uh, I think that's uh, – I just remember going to the show, and, man, I think there was maybe one one kayak booth. <laughs> and uh, it was the next year or two, and it just blew up. It was – it went from – you know, one kayak booth to the entire place being all kayaks, just about, you know, everything to do with kayak fishing, all the kayak fishing companies everywhere. So, you know, it's been nice to see it grow. It's, I think it's getting to the point now where we've wanted it to get to for a long time. We've all, you know, thought it would get there and it's finally starting to get there and it's really good to see it. Hobie had a big spread. Uh, Native Bonafide had a big main aisle spread. Old Town had a big main aisle spread. Uh, the presence was definitely, you know, palpable in, in the arena itself but jeff I, I want you to kind of touch on what old town is doing for its anglers because the coverage that they gave as far as interviews and just highlighting what those guys are doing is awesome i think old town is definitely leading the charge in support for their team guys for sure yeah we talked about it over on the old town uh, team pages you know about how impressed we were with what they did uh, you know going live from the expo going live from the ramp as the guys came off the water on day one and two, going live before day one, talking about what they'd found in practice. Uh, that's the kind of stuff we need to see, man. And, and I hope it kind of pushes other brands to do the same thing uh, and, and come along. So they, I think they even grabbed Eric, didn't they, in the expo and did, did a little interview with you there in the, in the expo, right? Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Are they trying to recruit you, Eric? No? Uh, a little bit. A little bit, oh. Did, okay. they, they, did they slip any cash in your pocket directly? Did Ryan Lilly slide a fiver, a hot fiver in your pocket or anything? <laughs> Not unless I didn't notice it. None. <laughs> we got it out at Connolly's Bar with, <laughs> no, with my buddy Jake Fuller, uh, about, if, if that did uh, happen. How about yeah. that bartender? 
Yeah, but for real, man, I think that that <laughs> what Old Town did, man. Hopefully, that we see other companies do that for their anglers and or organizations take a cue from that and start trying to do similar things. I know, you know, AJ does a great job with the midday updates. Uh, Bass All American Series, they do. They try to do similar things, but to actually have the live footage, bankside plus as soon as they came off the water, have on the water footage ready to roll as soon as they came off the water and show highlights. I mean, that, that was next level stuff. I was impressed. And I so. think the fact that it's a manufacturer that's investing and supporting their own guys speaks volumes too, because you see a lot of, I mean, you see a lot of people in these team, whatever jerseys and, and that's what they got. They got, you know, they got a Jersey in the mail. Like you go out here and, and sweat for eight or 10 hours a day and spend a thousand or 1200 bucks per tournament chasing this stuff. And, you know, we'll share, if you win, we're going to share your photo like that. I mean, that's great that, you know, whatever, but that's not, that's not even comparable to the, the effort that you're getting put into this stuff. And we talk about anglers, you know, marketing and providing content. I agree that that's a huge part of it. You have to show your value to these companies but it's a whole lot easier to show your value when the company itself is is promoting you. You know, you're going to gain more exposure yourself, more followers. You're going to gain kind of more initiative, I feel like, when you're recognized for something. And it also teaches you to be ready. I mean, mm -hmm. because, you know, you and I get on here every Monday night and run our mouth and talk to people. But it's not natural to get in front of a camera and talk uh, at an event or after an event or at a weigh-in, especially at an event like, you know, Bassmaster Championship. You're up there in front of all kinds of people having to talk. So the more you do it and the more you get used to doing interviews like that and, and being filmed while you're fishing and not getting nervous, uh, that's just going to help everybody uh, be a better angler. And you've been on stage a couple times in various events, Eric. But, you know, John, what was that like for you for your first your your first run at it to be on on the big stage with the cameras and a huge arena did you like did you rehearse in front of a mirror did you did you have any you know note cards i know eric pulled out a sponsor list at the end <laughs> did you have any anything prepared how nervous were you to get up there and do that oh i'm nervous now um <laughs> <laughs> as you lay back on your couch you don't look yeah. nervous you're in the right I mean, spot here. It's, We're am it's amateur hour out here. Yeah. It, it's um, it was different. You know, it's it, it's nothing that I, I think the first time that it ever happens, I don't think that you're prepared for it. I don't think writing anything on a card is going to prepare you for it. <laughs> you know, um, the last time I was on that Bassmaster stage, I had responses written on my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, next time I'm on the Bassmaster stage, I may need another quarter inch. Yeah, <laughs> or half an inch, whatever. The uh, last time, Eric, the last time you're on the Bassmaster stage, you signed with Native. Did you? Did you sign right. with Native again this time? I did not. No. They <laughs> gave a, a wink and a nod to the crowd I, for that one. I, I held that. up my end. That's all I got to say about that. I held up my end. <laughs> oh boy yeah oh uh, boy. hey speaking of kayak brands we had a question chris marks asked what brands did you fish out of for this tournament champ what'd you fish out of what kayak yeah what, what brand kayak oh pro angler 14 hobie pro, pro angler 14 uh maryland guy what were you in a uh wilderness systems recon all right wildy and hobie wildy and hobie there you go wildy fishing hashtag wildy fishing 
<laughs> Jason no. O'Brien, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, Any more questions for these guys? Uh, throw them in the comments. Uh, what else you got, Ryan, for these fellas? I don't, I mean, I, I'm trying to, th oh, Bob Cobb, tell us about that, Siddiqui. I saw, you know, we saw the post today, like, what's it like meeting not only a legend, but somebody that's largely responsible for us even having the option to do any of this right now? Uh-oh, we lost him. Perfect timing. He said his, his audio keeps going out, and that's why, why he leaves. Uh, John, did you meet Bob Cobb? No, I actually didn't. <laughs> if you would have stayed for four more days and went to the Hyatt Bar, you would have met Bob Cobb as well. Uh, pro tip. That's it. <laughs> stay until you don't want to stay anymore. Uh, do you have any experience or do you care anything about it as far as, you know, sponsorships and pursuing this stuff and marketing? Like, where, where, where are you at on that, John? That's a bad subject to get into me with. Um, really? Well, see, because I'm a small business owner. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And, you know, I watch a lot of these younger guys. Now, here we go, because now I'm going to get make a whole bunch of people butt sore. No, let's let's go. It'll be fine. We love that here. That's what so, we do here. We're pros at that. What's up? I, I watch these guys, and they talk about all this pro staff stuff. And, you know, I sit back as a business owner, and I say to myself, man, I wish I could get somebody to advertise for free. You know, these 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 younger guys are out here, and they're you know they're talking up these baits, and they're talking up the kayaks. And these companies actually make a lot of money, yep. and I think that they need to start giving back to the angler. You know, I don't think that fifteen percent off of a bait that you marked up three hundred percent is giving back to an angler. Agreed. So, yeah, I, preach. I, I, I yeah, know. you ain't hurting anybody's butt here. You keep going. You know, we've I had whole we've had guys, whole shows about that, right? You know, I I think that some of these guys on here, like this young man sitting next to me on this screen, needs to be compensated. You know, for some of the things that that he does. Yep. Yeah. For sure. All he does now is walk in with the blue trophy and pow, and <laughs> just carries they, it everywhere. They, they start right. Pilot, pilot gives him free showers yeah, now. See? He just walked in with that trophy, and they're like, "Here's your shower card." Yeah, that's your yeah, honor. That's it. Yeah, he's got that trophy in a baby seat back there. Just drops it on desks everywhere he goes. So, so go. right before you cut out, Saviki, I was asking you one of the biggest questions yet. What was it like meeting Bob Cobb, one of the guys that's responsible for unbelievable fishing was, tournaments I was, overall? I was getting ready to walk out. <clears throat> I'd been uh, kind of hanging out with uh, all the the boaters. Uh, uh, Hank Cherry was there, and Christy, and you know, Christy was carrying his trophy around just like I did. He didn't put that thing down either. He was walking all around with it. And uh, he was uh, having a good time. I was sitting there with Drew Cook. And he goes, that's why they make doubles of those trophies, because they know when they give them to us, we're going to mess that thing up that night. <laughs> and he goes, when I win mine, I'm setting it on fire. <laughs> oh, man. So I was getting ready to leave and you know, head back to the truck, and I get stopped. And uh, this girl goes, you know, you know, you look like Paul Elias. And, uh, you know, he won a, a classic, you know, I think in the 70s. And uh, she's like, I want you to meet somebody. And then walks me over and she's like, you know, who this is I was like, 
yeah, another <laughs> no. So they had me Roland sit down Martin. there and talk to him, and yeah, <laughs> sit down. I swear, I could uh, listen to him talk for days, talking about how they started, you know, started this stuff and everything. And oh man, it was it was pretty un- unbelievable. And um, one of the guys sitting around uh, with us, he uh, ran upstairs. I was like, "Where are you going?" He goes. Mom wants to keep drinking, so I'm going to get a bottle of whiskey. So <laughs> we just sat down there and drank all night long. And man, he could hang. <laughs> yeah. Well, pro tip, he's been man. doing this for a lot longer than we have. Man. I'd say that's not his first classic <laughs> night. No. Uh, this is this is a photo of Paul Elias. So I'm trying to compare Paul Elias to Eric right there. He's got yeah. the beard. That looks game. like if Mel Ash, if Mel Ash and Eric Siddiqui had a baby, that would be him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that's such an awesome experience though and that and i you know we were talking to we had obviously some of the college kids and stuff that were hanging around the dugout booth and that's and even dylan was with us and i'm like you know the after hours part of this thing you know some people are like oh you know just go sit down be good be still behave the relationships get built not when everybody's running around trying to reach in everybody's pocket for sponsorships they want to know who you are they want to and i'm I'm not saying go out and show yourself, but I am saying go out and socialize and build relationships with these people, with your sponsors, with the marketing guys, with the owners. Let them see that number one, you know, you are a, a person that they want to work with. But number two, like they can trust you out in public, like <laughs> that you, you know, you can carry on meaningful conversations, and and that's that's what kind of gets that personal personal touch on a lot of this stuff. So I definitely recommend these these dinners and happy hours and things for the networking purposes for sure. Right. Those are, uh, I, I met some really, uh, cool people when I would go out after the, the show. Um, you know, me and Bob talked till five in the morning. This is one of the best nights of my life. I had a, I had a blast. I can never imagine something like that happening. It was, Daniel Davis, long. Daniel Davis said Momo's barbecue in Dayton wants to sponsor you now. Eric. Yeah. So go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and write that down. You've made it now. I'll tell you, man, it was, it was cool having people come up and like, I, I, I was sitting there eating nachos. Cause that's, I mean, if you know me, I gotta have, a, I gotta have a little snack every now and then I slipped off to the side and I was eating nachos and I thought I heard somebody say my name, like over to the side. And I was like, ah, they, they probably weren't talking about me or whatever. I got up and throw my stuff away. And he's like, I knew that was Lambert. It was Fat Cat Newton and his <laughs> his buddies over there. And he brought me over and, and you know introduced me to them. And he's like, you know, th- this guy, they he, he and his partner run this podcast, and they, you know, kind of kind of drive the narrative of growing this thing and trying to improve things and make things better, and you know, calling people to the carpet when when that time comes. But you know, kind of <clears throat> you know reassuring us because we 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 get all kinds of mud thrown obviously but reassuring us that that is a place that there is in the industry for for this this platform alone and i had a lady christy cooper come up from nashville had no idea who i was i sit and tell her all about this tricked out hobie and then she reads my name tag and she listens to the audio podcast so she had no idea what jeff looked like and she said holy shit you're ryan lambert <laughs> she's like i listen to kbn all the time she's like i never know what you're gonna say i said oddly i never know what i'm gonna say so that, that makes two of us but it was cool to see you know that people do listen to this stuff and they do pay attention and it's not just 50 
kayak anglers live. This is industry, you know, industry, industry professionals, influencers, manufacturers, like Eric, I mean, this interview for you guys here, like this is going to go everywhere. It's going to go around like this, this stuff can, you know, if, if it's something you're interested in, this is, you know, going to help make, make you a personality, a person that's on their list of people to look at. So John, I hope they send you checks. I hope nobody sends you a 15% off uh, paddle tail swim bait card. And you know what I picked on, picked up what Eric said there, hanging out and the actual bass boat guys, the pros that just fished for the world championship seem like the, they just brought you right in as part of the fishing gang, man. They were cool guys. Yeah. And that, that's not really like that. I mean, out yeah. in your, in your local, local boat ramp, you might get sideways with some dude in a bass boat, but overall, I think kayak anglers as a, as a guy that's just catching bass and trying to win checks, uh, we're starting to get the respect we deserve. So that's awesome. Right. A lot of those guys are starting to take notice. Um, you know, when they were doing the classic way in, I was sitting backstage watching it on the TV there, <clears throat> whenever one of them would go up, they'd come down, walk back there, grab some food, sit down, you know, right next to me and start talking about their day and stuff. So that was pretty cool too. But just listening to them talk, just reminded me, you know, of us talking, you know, sitting around at a tournament or after a tournament. Um, so, you know, the, it was pretty cool talking talking about how much they thought they made, um, fish they lost, and, and uh, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. It just reminded me of, you know, sitting around talking with my buddies. It was pretty, pretty cool to see. At the end of the day, we're all just catching bass. They just do it out of a bigger, faster boat, right? Right. Yep. Well, not necessarily more expensive anymore, huh, Ryan? Selling $20,000 Hobies at us. <laughs> I don't know why people are running around out here acting like $20,000 is sticker shock, like they didn't see the boat that Christine just took out of the dugout or the <laughs> one I just drug out of there. Like, I, we can send you receipts over. That is not the first $20,000 boat Jamie Coza put together down there. That's just wild. Back when I was fishing team tournaments with my father-in-law, uh, I looked at my own fiberglass boat to move out of there, and to buy a new fiberglass was like $25,000. <laughs> You know, not that long ago, you know. So that, that's pretty wild to hear a, a sticker on that. To be <laughs> Todd Patrick just made a great point, reminding me of the what part of that hour and a half long conversation we had in the middle of the street. <laughs> the top 50 comment? If, if, Eric, if Eric's going to make the KBN top 25 list this year, no. <laughs> he, he was very offended by that at that, <laughs> that current hour. <laughs> My God. Come on, Todd. I appreciate your passion, Todd, but it's, uh, we've, we've all said it's not necessarily talent-based. That's just a problem. Yeah, sadly, we don't vote on ours. This isn't, uh, what was that What was that, that used to be out there, the, like, the, the people's angler, choice? Yeah, yak yak angler. angler, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Best kayak anglers, and it would be like one dude that, that actually fished tournaments and everybody else that had never even proven themselves ever. Yeah, but Eric's off to a good start. If he fishes enough tournaments this year, I'm sure he'll be on the list because he should, talent-wise, definitely should be. Uh, if we did like a coach's poll, he'd be in the top 25 every time. He'd be right Every there. time. Every time. I like it. Thanks, Congrats to you both. I mean, it was awesome being a part of that and, and seeing, you know, the whole thing on the stage. Like, obviously, it's going to be something that, that you guys remember forever. But it, it was cool watching the tournament. I loved how it played out, how close it was. Very, very action-packed all the way, all the way to the end. Yeah. It didn't work out any better. I was thinking yeah. that first day, I was like, man, all these other bass tournaments are a one day. I wish this one was a one day. And then at the end of the day, he took over the lead. I was like, okay, I'm kind of glad it's a two day now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even touch on the fact that you had exactly 94 inches both days, which is did, also yeah. bizarre. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 94, 94. Yeah. Picture of consistency. Worked, worked out. 
Um, oh. What is your time? It's your time, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, and what's next for both of you? What's your next event, Eric? Uh, probably going down to Harrison, although I saw gas is five and a half dollars a gallon, so I don't know if I'm gonna be doing that or not. <laughs> you got that check in your pocket, boy. You're fine. You, you got twenty K, you're all right. Uh John, Potomac for you, is that what you said? Potomac for me. All right, man. All well, right. Good, good luck to you both. I, I hope you'll wear it out down there for sure. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Anything else? Long. Anything else from your Ryan before we wrap this thing up? Get I'm good. I, th I think I checked. Yeah, checked. I got to drive to Memphis at like five in the morning, so I'm gonna take a nap. Oh my! All right. Well, as always, man. Drive. I know my boys are missing me. So. Yeah. Eric, any sponsors you want to thank before you get on the road back to the fam? Got your list. Get your <laughs> list out. Get your list out. <laughs> uh, I just thank uh, all my sponsors for all the support. You know, uh, especially the ones that have been with me for a long time um really that really take care of me dakota lithium especially you know they've always taken care of me the lodging and stuff like that which has been huge the last few years um you know fishing online been with me for a long time uh yak attack um if they had given me some more time on stage i had said i wanted to get up there and say i've used the same yak attack landing net for seven years and that thing's landed more fish than the gordon's fisherman but they didn't give me enough time to do that. Oh, so you had that one queued up. Yeah, so just thanks to all my sponsors. Yeah, man. Yeah. John, anybody anybody you want to thank besides Josh, Josh Evans for hyping you up so much? Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm, and honestly, Rich Biggie. Uh, you better thank Rich Biggie because not that I planned on overlooking you or anything, but he's like, hey, you ought to have him on too. And I was like, you know what? I don't know how I overlooked that. You're exactly right. There's a quarter inch of difference. So come on in, John. Um, you know, all the guys at the MAKBF, you know, man, they had my back both days. You know, they saw me up there. They were blowing my phone up. As everybody else was saying, who's that guy from Maryland? <laughs> it's the Maryland so. guy. Hey, and somebody wanted to see your tattoo that was peeking out from under that sleeve. You got a tattoo oh, to oh, show? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, she got oh. There. <laughs> so there you go. All right, man. Well, that's a wrap, I think. Well, these guys get out of here and get on the road. Unbelievable show. Thank you all for watching wherever you watch from. And, of course, we love you all on the audio podcast. You may come up and see Ryan or me again somewhere. And even though you Good luck. Know. Good luck, guys. I will see you both, and hopefully I'll see you both on stage as the year progresses. Congrats, yeah. fellas. We're out of here. Okay.